I am Latoya Benton. Xavier Hill was my son. He was murdered by newspaper police on January the 9th, 2021. Jamal Bird. He was murdered by DC Metropolitan Thug Police in their custody. He died in their custody and they claim that they don't know what happened. They had they had no business arresting him. This is Life After the Impact, a podcast for impacted families by impacted families that focuses on what happens after being a lawyer and the activist are gone. Impacted families are left to face uh, the loss of a loved one who police sponsored violence. We will focus on their continued fight for justice and how you can get involved. Me the one that just walks away. Bunch of police take another life today. Leave a loved one's torn and left to say. Candles burning, never do you pray. The rule of state sponsored violence, be it through the Slave Patrol in the 16-1700s, be it through the lynch mob in the 1718-1800s, be it through law enforcement is grounded in the history of racism and white supremacy in this country and the disregard for Black life. There were a, a whole host of stereotypes that went along with the enslavement of African people and one of the most predominant stereotypes um, and fallacies about Black people, Black men in particular, is that just by nature and just by biology, Black men are a threat, um, are aggressive, are violent, um, and later are criminal. The books, the narratives, the media still portray Black people and people of African descent in that same stereotypical and fallacious way. So the same stereotypes that were used to justify our enslavement are the same stereotypes that people are using to judge us and characterize us now, and it's dangerous. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. My name is Roxanne Johnson. My son's name is Jamal Bird. He was murdered um, by DC Metropolitan Police October 1st of 2019. I'm here with my co-host always. Hey, Good evening, guys. Hey, Roxanne. Good evening. My name is Latoya Benson. I am the mother of Xavier D. Hill. Xavier was murdered by two Virginia State uh, police officers or troopers. January the 9th, 2021, at the age of 18. Tonight, I'm honored to be joined tonight by uh, Marie. You want to go ahead and give your introduction? Yes. Good night, everybody. My name is Maria Hamilton, and I'm the mother of Dontre Hamilton. Dontre was shot 14 times in broad daylight in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, by Christopher Manning. April 30th, 2014. It's been nine years for me. Oh. Well, we're we're um just so glad to have you here, Maria. We're, we're sorry that it's under these circumstances. But tell us what what led up to um this event, <laughs> this event with your son. Well, Ray, uh, he lived by himself. Um, 
prior to him getting this apartment, he lived with me. Uh, he only came back here because I was at the car accident and literally had to had my jaws wired, had to learn how to use my hands again. And he was my caretaker. Uh, upon me going back to work and still in rehab, he decided he wanted to move into his own place. So he did. And I think he was there maybe two months. And I kept seeing different signs of him being distant or when he would come around family and we would do stuff on the weekend. I was like, that's right. We need to have you checked out because it, it didn't seem right. And my family had mental illness, so I didn't even know what it looked like, but I knew something was wrong. So I took him and got him evaluated. He was diagnosed uh, with paranoid schizophrenic mm. and they put him on medication and he continued to work, live by himself, care for himself had a girlfriend. He was getting ready to engage. Well, I think he was going to uh, do the announcement the Friday after he died. Um, Dante loved being out in nature. So going to the parks, giving the kids sodas, just relating and socializing with people in the park. That was his thing. Um, this particular day, that's what he did. Um, he was sitting on a bench. And I guess at that point, he got tired and decided to lay down. And upon him laying down, uh, from Starbucks, uh, felt uncomfortable. Um, he wasn't talking to anybody. So I couldn't see what her problem was. She called the police three or four times uh, that came out the first two times told her wasn't anything going on that wasn't going to do anything that but checked. you said this happened from the Starbucks yes okay. so uh, she in turn called the beat cop his name is Christopher Manning uh, Christopher Manning was the beat cop because none of the other police officers wanted to do a ride along with him so they put him in this area, and this area is filled with veterans, uh, college students, and regular business people. Um, he, he acquired a relationship with these people and told them, if y'all need something or you want somebody to remove, call me. And she called. And he received the call an hour after she had talked to the other two police officers. Uh, he called to check the call. They told him that the call had been answered. It was clear. And he told them to put a suspect in the park and put him there. Uh, when he did enter the park, Dontre was slick. And he took his billy club and was poking at him to get up. And once Dante got up, he, you know, it startled him. And he's like, hey, I ain't already talked to the police. I ain't did nothing wrong. And then he decided he wanted to search him. And by Dante being in crisis, 
you don't touch a mentally ill person in crisis. And had he took the CIT training that was offered to him, he would have known to call somebody else more suitable to engage with Don Trey. Uh, after he hit him a couple of times with the billy club, Don Trey took him from him, backed up, and this man proceeded to pull his revolver out and he shot him 14 times, broad daylight, mm -hmm. three o'clock afternoon. It was a hundred witnesses prior to a week prior to Don Trey getting killed. A law had just been signed by Scott Walker saying that any incidents with police or any shootings, they would have a another outside entity to come in to do the investigation. But Milwaukee is the only biggest city. Most of the state is rural. So the detectives took it upon themselves to do all the interviews, talk to everybody, um, go and try to seek out stuff on us. So it was actually eight and a half hours before I was contacted. When I was contacted, I was interviewed. So we know, um, Miss um, Maria, that people Ooh. with mental health issues are five times more likely to be injured or killed when involved with police officers. Absolutely. Did the Ooh. district attorney um, indict this cop or what happened when the law, when the legal part got involved? Right. Um, I actually thought that they would, but I'm sitting waiting on my court date and I'm actually subjected to Christopher Manning getting fired in October. And then he filed, he filed a motion to get his job back. So I had to sit uh, do a court hearing for that. Mm. Watch and fight for his job. Mm. Um, we had talked to the um, the DA office, and once he did the, um, uh, he retired. He filed a claim to get his job back, and then he filed disability, saying mm. that us protesting and rallying and everything caused him to have PTSD. Wow. They uh they upheld the firing, but uh two days before Christmas in 2014, the DA decided that he wasn't gonna press charges. So it they wasn't fired him, but they didn't indict him. Nope. So he got fired but not indicted. He he got fired because he attempted to pet Dontre and Dontre wasn't a criminal of anything. He was still wrong then, so why was he not indicted? Um, Wisconsin laws, uh, I think you've heard that they can kill people and not be held accountable. It ain't just in Wisconsin, Miss Maria. Yeah. It might be segmented to one part of the country, but we see it in every state in the yeah, so-called United States of America, right? Yes. People who are, are, are supposed to be peace officers mm -hmm. in creating a crisis, mm -hmm. then they resolve it in a violent way. You, you know, I, I think in Dontre's case, 
I thought I was the only person that this had happened to. I thought it was an isolated incident. Mm -hmm. And to sit six months and wait for a decision not to charge based on Dontre taking the billy club from him to stop this man from beating him. Right. Caused him to articulate fear. Yeah, but see, that, that, that's almost like an excuse. They use that as an excuse. You know, yeah. that's an excuse they get to use. And that's but what you that know, he, he didn't articulate it. The, the chief of police, the DA, they did. They gave him three opportunities on a video interview to articulate that he was scared for his life and he could not do it. Mm. And still did not charge him. That's crazy. Mm. And like you said, I said all the time, they like to all they love they love to put themselves inside of a situation, right? And then say, Oh, I fear for my life. Yes. Right. right. Well, yeah. he never did say that he feared for his life. They asked him on the stand when he was trying to get his job, Mr. Uh, Manning, why wouldn't you call for backup? Right. He said, he didn't want the other guys that worked on that shift to joke him. Mm. Not because he feared for it. That was yeah, and that was acceptable. Wow, wow. To a judge and the other attorney. Mm. So I, I don't understand that. Uh, I said within five feet from this man, mm. him explaining my son had a bulge in his pocket. It was a bag of candy. And that's what he seen. And that gave him reason to beat my son because Dontre had seven bruises on his body uh, before he took the billy club. And then you put 14 bullets in him. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was literally like people as close to Dontre's body turning, going down on the ground as you are to your son's picture. And they gave statement that it was done with malice. Mm -hmm. Do we have a picture of Dontre we can put up on the screen? We like to put a picture with the face of your yeah. um, handsome son here. The DS wouldn't charge. Uh, he's been our DA for 22 years now. He has That's never That's the same. With the crime. Uh, and see, no. we we're just talking about that. We we're just talking about there, there should be some kind of limitation on how many years people can be allowed to be in seat. You know, if right. you want unopposed or not, there should be some kind of limitations on that because when they, they're in there for 20 years, 50 years, 40 years, like that's well, crazy. Well, we, uh, we literally vote him into office. It right. is over the majority of citizens in, in Milwaukee is 65% Black. They will oh, vote. Look, y'all. Y'all got... <laughs> like saying, what do we just talk about? What do we just talk about? We were just talking about this, Ms. Maria. Y'all got the vote. One third <laughs> of the population vote. Come on, y'all. You got to vote. We need to vote like it, our life depend on it because you know why? 
Our life do depend on it. When we exactly. go to the district attorney, states, uh, representatives, and yes. they are not um, having an agenda, having a, a, a strategy, having legislation mm -hmm. and helping our communities, we got to vote they asses out, period. Out. Yes. And that's one of the problems in Wisconsin is the, the inner city is mostly black and we get the less amount of money from state and federal government and all the jobs have left. If, if you work here, you have to go to the suburbs in order to make over 725 mm -hmm. and hey, mass incarceration. Yeah. How about that? So, <laughs> So, so, um, Miss Maria, what what, have, what what actions are you um, working on, or have you been working on to um, get justice for your son? I uh, once I realized I wasn't going to have my day in court, and I met so many other families just trying to get the truth from the system here in, in Milwaukee. I felt like I wasn't the first fight person. It has been 89 men who have been killed by Milwaukee Police Department in the mm. history of the police department, mm. starting um, as far back as 1865. Was he indicted? No. Wow. Uh, we had one officer that they was going to charge and he was involved in a murder in 20 and 2002 he stood up on a car on top of a car and put 15 bullets into this car mm. um he didn't get charged for his murder but 2015 they it was a group of police officers that was going around uh stopping and frisking and doing cavity searches mm. He went to jail for that. Mm. The other police officer was the officer uh, that was his partner, and he ended up committing suicide in jail. Wow. So, no, we have had no officers except one Black officer in 2016, but he knew the person that he shoot he shot, and there was a benediction. It was it was a rival or something going on because this young man was dating his kid's mother, mm. and he was bisexual. He out here raping. He ended up going to jail for six years for raping two men during the protest season, but he didn't get a day in jail for killing Sabelle Smith. So, so if I'm hearing you correctly, out of 89 people killed wow. by Milwaukee police, one has been indicted, but he wasn't even indicted for the crime he did. He got indicted for something else. Yep. And he did three years. He ended up doing 17 months. Wow. For the rapes. Yeah. It's crazy. So, so, so tell, us about, tell us about what you're doing, because we, we like to hear about <laughs> Right. You know, we got to have some solution-based kind of things going on here. Well, you know, I appreciate my family and really holding me down because while they were here uh, fighting the, the city and the county and legislation 
and trying to change laws and get policies uh, set. I, I, I went on a bandit to get the body camera because even though uh, Starbucks had footage of what happened, they gave it to the Milwaukee detectives. So I right. never. So we fought for them to get a hundred and seven million dollars to all get body cameras. Mm -hmm. I also fought for them to be CIT trained. Now, what they did was okay. they Let's see. Hold, hold, hold up. What's CIT? What's CIT stand for? CIT is crisis intervention training. And okay. that is somebody who goes through the 40 hour uh, training and take a test. And then they will be licensed to actually go to a call where a mentally ill person is in crisis and do evaluation. Mm, okay. If it's needed for them to call mental health to come out or if they have to take them to mental health, at that time, he calls two trained officers in to take him to the mental health facility. I got a question for you. Um, you said the first thing you said that you fought for them to put money into them getting body cameras, right? Um, yeah. You know, often what I'm finding is that when we're getting, um, when most people are getting body cameras, it's not the matter of them getting the body cameras. It is what they're doing with them and whether or not they're releasing the footage that comes along with it um, as far as like transparency is concerned. So have you guys done anything on that side as far as like once they get the equipment, um, as far as policy is concerned, like how soon are they to like release it and things of that nature? Well, in, even though there was footage, we didn't see it. We got the body cam footage for them for the transparency. And I'm fighting right now in court a junction where we fought for two years to get the body camera footage shown to the family in 48 hours. There you go. And That's what I'm saying. Something like that. Uh, yeah. For the community. Because right. literally was taken up to 45 days. Right. And dismantling, I mean, really just showing a community and the family bits and snippets. Right. So we went on this campaign to do the 48. Right. Uh, well, 24-48. But they allowed us 48 for the families and 15. Girl, the next morning, the police association put a junction in to stop it. Wow. You know, because I often say uh, the family seeing the videotape is not going to hold up your investigation, right? You, you're going to still investigate what you need to do regardless. What if we see in a videotape of what you did to my loved one? How are they going to hold up your investigation, you know? And a lot of times they'll still give you the body camera. They'll have them or they'll so-called wear them, but the policy does not require you guys to actually let us see the footage within an apt amount of time, that's happens to a lot of people. Right, but we see the footage if that person shoots at the police. Hello? They, on, on, on all the news stations, on all the news stations. Yes, they'll show that. While yep. I was in Florida with you, they had the injunction meeting. So they they took it out. That's Three crazy. people since I was with you have been killed by police here. That's insane. Wow. Since I left you, while I was true. with you, there was a police shooting. Wow. So it's like 
since nobody is being held accountable, we have the most um, powerful police association. It is a police state. Everything police, they get all the funding. They get all the city funding. They get all the training. And they still come out and kill people. Mm -hmm. okay. So literally this week, we're back and forth in court trying to get the footage released because it went into effect May 1st. Mm -hmm. So the people who was killed May 1st, May the 4th, May the 5th, May the 7th, we have a right to see that footage. Absolutely. But the judge is withholding it. And then what's so sad about it? He looked like us. So Maria, what can we do? What can we do in our audience as well? What can we do on our end as far as helping out? Um, is there any calls we can make? We're not on that state, but what can we do on our end to help apply pressure? Um, because, you know, like they say, all skin folk ain't can folk, you know? And I, I'm learning right. that, you know, and that's, that's the truth, man. They can look like that's all day long, man, but don't mean that agenda is like, it's, it's the same thing. They can have their own personal agenda as to why they're actually in office. It ain't for the community. Well, I, can share, I can share our legislators' uh, information with you all. Once we got the, uh, the Fire and Police Commission to change the POs for the body camera, then the state legislators got involved. Mm. The, uh, they joined with the police association to do like a shared tax. So money that's owed to the police association for uh, retirement from 20 years ago, they're getting ready to make us pay a 15 tax so they can get that. And hire five more hundred police officers to invade our communities and we want them to put it on a referendum so we we need everybody to call the the state senators call the governor's office and tell him to veto that bill because all the other counties they will get money coming in all these rural areas all of these farms, everybody gonna get money, but all our money, there's a stipulation in the bill that the money will only go to the police department or people that actually work in public safety. Mm -hmm. And our community gets nothing. Mm -hmm. And if they don't get that shared revenue, we'll be in bankruptcy in 2024. Wow. The city would have bankrupt. Because they owe Milwaukee Police Department so much money. <clears throat> but I did, uh, I got the opportunity to do a march on Washington to have the, the federal government come in and look down Trey's case over. And Obama was in office at that time. And I literally called for a million moms march, but what I got was 25,000 25, family members of loved ones to come to the march mm -hmm. because some of the moms couldn't. Mm -hmm. Some of the sisters and brothers had killed themselves or had did things acting out because of their loved ones and mm -hmm. not getting justice. So- the aftermath. 
Yes, that was in 2015. So I did get all of them CIT trained. It caused, uh, I got the money from the uh, Milwaukee Foundation and they gave a half a million dollars so all these police officers could be CIT trained. And guess so what? You, not, you one the- it, not one of them took the test. Not one of them are certified. Out of wow. 800, it was only 15 that can, we can literally call right now if I go into crisis. Only 15. So uh, why are they not being made to take the training? It's not mandatory. No, it wasn't. And the way that it was implemented into their policies, they had to volunteer in order for the model that was set in place. They had to want to do it. So how do you make it mandatory then? How do you make it to the point, you know, you got 800 officers and only 15 are certified. What is the next step then to make it mandatory? Uh, the Lord changed their heart. Huh. That ain't gonna happen. That ain't gonna happen. Nope. We need some laws. Yeah, like, like, seriously, like, what is the next? Like, what would be were, the next step? And they were actually paid. So the facilitators, one was from Nami, one was a mother who works with the mental health task force, and they belittled them and treated them so disrespectful that they didn't even want to do the training for the city of Milwaukee. So they did it for the sheriff's department, all our sheriffs, their CIT trained, all state police officers are CIT trained. Just these folks while it at. And there's nothing we can actually do because like I said, any everything we try to have changed as far as police are concerned, the the police association go to legislation and they just kill it. Yeah, but see, even that alone, or that shouldn't be. That should be. A, you know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. Um, what I'm learning is that, like, like when they got like the police association, the police unions, when they say to us that uh, supposedly the Constitution says that no man or agency, right, is supposed mm-hmm. to, be able to come in and to, to like you know. Uh, trump any kind of laws that are constitutional rights whatnot so it shouldn't be they should come in there and just have their way and say because we're the police we're gonna do whatever we want to do that that's well they well it's like that in the state of wisconsin that's why this is the worst like she was saying i think it's like that's everywhere though you know we got everywhere everywhere it's because we have 263 white old geriatric uh, white men who have been sitting on legislation making laws. They do not come to Milwaukee. All they do is make laws for us. You mm. can't have abortion here. Mm. So so we we, we we gotta wrap this discussion up, Miss Amaria. Yeah. I mean, from what we're saying, what we're hearing, there's a lot of work that can be done in Wisconsin, and, and we're constantly on the ground. Um, I'm, I, I pat myself on the back because I could be broken in this bed, yeah. but I do want to see better for this city. So I will continue to work with the different grassroots organizations to continue to fight. 
I'm in several organizations in the city and we're truly on the ground in the courts trying to change laws for everybody. Yeah. Yes. Look, you can please share with us um, as well. When you get a chance, please share with us the um the information that we can, you know, like call to help to apply that pressure. That'd be great as well. Yeah. Okay. I will. There's also because I said I thought I was the isolated incident, then a couple of other people ended up getting arrested for being in Starbucks and being black. I decided to do a documentary. And it's called The Blood is at the Doorstep. And it tells my complete journey for four and a half years. Mm -hmm. uh, I would advise you and your audience to go and see it because we shouldn't have to prepare our kids mm -hmm. to walk the streets mm -hmm. and pray to God that they don't come in contact with police so we can see them. Yeah, that's right. And I, I would just say that to the people of Wisconsin, mainly Milwaukee, that might be hearing this um, podcast, get registered, vote. Yes. Or accountable that you vote for. Get registered, vote, and hold the people you, 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 you vote for accountable. And if they're not doing what you need them to do, and you know the reason, just to, just to let you know, the reason I said that they're not going to have a change of heart, Miss Maria, is not because I don't believe that people's heart can be changed. But right. what, what I had grew up with, my mama told me that, you know, prayer is important. But Absolutely. prayer ain't worth a whole lot when you're in the middle of a bear fight. When you're in a bear fight, you're fighting for your life and you're not thinking about praying. You're thinking about surviving the bear fight. Mm -hmm. We are in a bear fight, people. And we yeah. need to act like we're in a bear fight and stop uh, being mamsy-pamsy about this and use all the tools that we have available to win the fight. That's right. And That's right. I, would share, I would share numbers, information, uh, the policy we had changed and the different fights that we have uh, with you all in the up and coming next days. But I'm also planning Dietary Day, which should have okay. been... 30th, but I had to push it back because of all this trauma that's going on in this city. So I will I will be at Red Earl Park on the 27th of May from 3 to 7 with our community giving back. Perfect, perfect, perfect. We'll, we'll definitely look out for that flyer as well. And uh, just, uh, you could too as well um, throw up on there. So coming up, you guys, speaking of community, um, we want to uh, extend invitation out to the community as well. We're going to try to some kind of way coordinate a community discussion, a virtual community discussion. Um, I'm terrible. I forgot the date. Um, but we're going to try to um, coordinate a virtual community discussion, mainly just different topics about, you know, because everyone has a different ideology on what justice means and like what accountability means, right? So it's important right. to kind of like have everyone grouped together to say, you know, hey, what that may mean. Um, can you put that on the screen real fast, please? One second here, I got it almost. Hold it's on. okay, take your time. But while she's doing that, I know, you know, we as mothers, we can tell our stories and sharing is caring. Um, and the fact that we 
interact with each other to get our stories out and that type of thing. We we really need to come together to change some laws and legislations. And that's that's what it's about, Maria. I think people gotta realize that's what the podcast here is about. Our podcast, we talk about all the time. We don't mind. We want to hear what the story is about because you you know you want people to be able to relate to your pain. But you need to understand that like to hear that they can get certain laws changed. Um, there are right. certain things we can do together collectively, but we have to be taught those things, right? Yes. Um, so like I said, there it is, prime example. That's the whole point of having a virtual national community discussion. So we okay. can get discussion <laughs> things like that. Um, there are eight panel spots. I think we, I think we might have uh, five panel spots now available. The date's on there as well, you guys. You can send an email to life after the impact at gmail.com. And so we put in there, you want to be on a panel discussion. We're going to change the topic up um, as we go along with different discussions. But it's more so to kind of for the whole community to be able to um, communicate with each other and to express the ideas we have as far as how do we move forward. Everyone says go to the DOJ. Everyone says have a process. Okay, so let's talk about it together as far as why we got to do these things and how we do these things to move forward. So um, please go into life at the impact at gmail.com if you want to be part of the panel discussion. Okay. Yes. And once again, thank you, ladies. Uh, I could be reached on social media. One of my organizations, Mothers for Justice United, uh, we are a support system. We do peer support work. The Coalition for Justice is my family organization. They're on the ground uh, here and nationally. And then I'm one of the mothers of the movement. So we're going to keep fighting. That's right. It's sad that we have so many mothers who are coming on board, <laughs> but we want to embrace them too and, and, and show love and teach them how to truly fight. Absolutely. Right. We're going to keep moving forward, Maria. <clears throat> Maria and LaToya, we're going to keep moving forward, not one inch back. Keep moving forward until the victory is ours. Uh, we'll Great. see you next time here on Life After the Good night. Good night. Love you, ladies. I, I'd like to challenge everybody this week. The same way you take time to, you know, get on your treadmill, go for a walk, go get you a coffee or whatever. Take five minutes to, to call up this action form and just go through that list and make those calls. Yeah, That's the challenge for this week. Do it. There's about, I think, between nine and ten other acts that you can help out with daily. It's actually so user-friendly that all you have to do is click on, you can click on the email, click on the number from your smartphone, it should do the action for you. We're trying to make it so that it's user-friendly. Uh, we don't have all the names. We don't have all the names. We don't have all the people. We know mm -hmm. it's possible to know. But what we can say is we're going to provide a call to action. Whoever is missing out there, add them to the list. And this and this list is only growing. Yeah, and that's the sad part. As long as the list is growing, we should still be fighting, right? Look, they out here do ice bucket challenge. Let's have a call to action challenge. Y'all be out here climbing on crates, wishing your life for life's on Facebook, like on Facebook, right? right? Facebook, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs>
Let's challenge it on Facebook and, and support these young men and women that lives have been taken from them so brutally for no apparent reason. That's the call of action.